Hello, I am that deceptive $10 t-shirt on that $5 rack in cotton on. Oz. And I'm the miner who developed blindness by being born and raised in your ceiling, Ray. And welcome to... Thoughts. Where skinny thoughts share skinny thoughts. Welcome back to this season where we're reviewing the episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 5. This week, Episode 5. Now, previously on Drag Race, we saw a double win in the lip sync between Morgan McMichaels and Miss Cracker. Both lipsticks get revealed, and they both turn out to be for Mayhem, which means that Mayhem has sashayed away. The queens now return to the workroom to unwind and count the lipsticks, revealing all the lipstick votes to be for Mayhem, which means that once again, she actually voted for herself. What's it with queens voting for themselves to leave on this season? (laughs) Well, to paraphrase Angina, like, they're not Bendela Krim, and they never will be. While giving up may be the case for some queens, um, I think as we mentioned last week, others, they just know that their drag aesthetic isn't what the competition is looking for, so they know it's their time to leave. But I feel that should also be tempered with an element of persistence, you know? Like, make sure that you're not going down without a fight, and that no matter what, you leave with no regrets about your effort and your performance. Anywho, today's maxi challenge is the much-awaited and famous Snatch Game! For any of our friends who may not be familiar, Snatch Game is a drag race staple where contestants um, basically pick characters to impersonate and then they participate in the game show as that character, right? So in All-Stars Five and previously All-Stars 4 actually, Snatch Game has evolved into a spin-off called Snatch Game of Love, where the participants are in a game show to find love by answering love questions to match with the guests. So I think this round of All-Star Snatch Game should actually be quite interesting. Quite a handful of the queens didn't participate in the original Snatch Game on their original season, right? Such as Blair and India. So looking at the whole spread of the contestants and the characters that they're doing, what do you think? I think it's a very diverse and eclectic range of characters that readily appeals to many different people. Because there may be characters you don't know, but there definitely will be at least one you're most familiar with. I personally am not a big fan of Ellen, unfortunately. Sorry, Blair. But given Jeffree Star's long-overdue moment of reckoning currently, I was interested to see if India could somehow make her impersonation of Jefferson Starship somewhat likeable. Looking at the six different characters, I think I was actually the most excited for Blair's Ellen. I think the similarity is really uncanny, and Ellen has such a bright and infectious energy, right, that I thought it was a great choice for Blair to whip out. At the same time, I must say that I'm not necessarily the best audience for Snatch Game in general because I'm not really the biggest pop culture junkie out there. And I don't always know many of the people that the girls reference in Snatch Game, right? Like, for this set of characters, I don't really know that much about Walter Mercado or Flavor Flav. Well, neither do I, but beforehand I just kind of vaguely knew of their existence. So for everyone who doesn't know, Walter Mercado is a Puerto Rican astrologer and actor 
who I believe has a Netflix documentary about his life out right now. Flavor Flav is an American rapper who you may recognize from his rap group Public Enemy and for his signature gigantic clock necklace. But during the preparation stages in the workroom, something Rue mentioned repeatedly was the need to make it funny, especially for people who aren't familiar with your character. So it's a real challenge for the queens to not only capture the essence and mannerisms of the celebrity in their impersonation, and be able to come up with what that celebrity would answer on the fly, but also to make them accessible and funny to people who don't know who they are. So moving into the snatch game of love, the girls split into two groups of three to match or snatch with our celebrity guest judges. Our first set of three comes with Tommy Dorfman and he's trying to find love with our three contestants, Crackers Lady Gaga, Alexis's Walter Mercado and India's Jeffree Star. So let's run over their performances. What are your thoughts? Walter Mercado by Alexis was impeccable. I think the judges said it best when they said that the best impersonations on Snatch Game are the ones where it's somebody you don't know, but by the end of it, you know exactly who they are. And that's what Alexis gave us. I wasn't familiar with Walter Mercado before, but by the end of the Snatch Game, I could kind of tell just the kind of person he is. And there's an unspoken rule of Snatch Game at this point. Don't even try to impersonate Lady Gaga because you will fail miserably. Cracker definitely looked like Gaga to a T, but she simply was bland and didn't bring the jokes to the point I was mentally screaming that line from AS4 by Trinity the Tuck, Where are the jokes? Speaking of fail miserably... Let's talk about India as Jafasta. Unfortunate timing of the episode release, given that Jeremiah Starfish's past racist and Nazi behavior has been brought to light once more. But then again, it may be a good thing that her Jaja Stinks impersonation was just as bad as the human, if not worse. Unfortunately, the judges' critiques were right for her because Jedediah Starburst, whether you like it or not, has a massive personality, which India didn't bring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All those aliases for the demon, right? I think, <laughs> yeah. But I think we can all unequivocally agree with Blair when she commented that India's Jeffrey was hard to watch. I think India didn't lean into the character hard enough for it to be funny, right? Because he sort of has, Jeffrey sort of has a screw everything kind of vulgarness and chaotic energy to him. And while India did copy some of his catchphrases, that kind of severity wasn't really present. I think Cracker kind of coasted by here, right? She similarly also had some of Gaga's trademark phrases on check, like the 100 people in a room or a star is born references. But it didn't necessarily feel like Gaga so much so as it felt like Cracker impersonating Gaga. And then Alexis really, really shone here as Walter Mercado, right? Once again, you could tell how comfortable in her character she was when she didn't have to force anything and could comfortably play off the other people she was interacting with, such as telling um, telling everyone that she psychic out Tommy's belt 
or telling that Jeffrey's breath smelled like confusion and regret. I thought that was really funny. So I think Alexis really is on quite a roll here, right? Combined off of her insane performance on CMZ last week. Mm-hmm. So our next set of three are the Snatcher Lorettes, Blair's Ellen DeGeneres, Jujubee's Eartha Kitt, the OG Catwoman, and Shay's Flavor Flav. Our Snatchula is Jeffrey Bowyer Chapman. Speaking of which, what's with this weird tension thing he's got going on between him and Rue this episode? <laughs> I think looking at this trio, I would say once again that Shay and Jujubee are clear French runners of the group. Um, personally, I like Juju's performance a bit more than Shay's because Shay's flavor flav leaned a bit more into that kind of dude bro yeah energy. But nonetheless, it was a very good immersion of the character, I think. And I think Blair's Ellen was practiced, but not committed to enough, right? Like, she even gave up on one of the questions that Jeffrey asked on how she would keep him warm in Canada, right? The mannerisms were on point, but I think not committed to enough to be a fully-fledged, like, humorous performance for drag. Mm, agreed. But this group was so strong, I feel that Blair's comparatively weaker Ellen even seemed somewhat okay. I don't think I can say much about Shay and Juju because their performances really speak for themselves, they're instantly iconic, and will go down in that long list of legendary Snatch Game performances. Once more, they did what Alexis did for Walter Mercado. Even if we didn't know their characters very well... By the end of it, they were so funny, we know exactly who the character is. Anyway, now to the runway, runway, run, 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 runway category is prom queen fantasy. First up is Miss Cracker, right? Cracker comes out in this prom zit nightmare concept, right? In a hot fuchsia pink dress gown quaffed up hairdo and pimples all over her face and her neck, right? I think the idea is very cute, but some parts of the execution leave much to be desired, right? For instance, I think the dress felt very mall-bought as opposed to being a fully-fledged gown, and that kind of made me lose some interest, right? I actually thought that if she had leaned in further into the eleganza for the dress, it could have sold the concept better, right? That everything was so thought out and perfectly prepared for the prom, but that last-minute pimple nightmare had ruined everything. Mm-hmm. Soft toot for me as well. As someone struggling with acne, I felt that runway far too much. <laughs> but at the same time, I think... It was perfect cracker aesthetic as always, very on-brand, but it just needed that extra oomph to elevate it further. Up next, we have Alexis. She comes out in this huge feathery red gown, very quinceanera. I think it's a toot. It's flawlessly executed, and that quinceanera-style gown is probably a beautiful callback to Alexis's heritage. And this being a slightly different take of on prom that other queens might not have aimed for, toot. Mm, Alexis's outfit has me like thinking or making, I, I would say, pretty conflicting remarks. Right? For one, I absolutely love the execution of the dress. I think it's executed perfectly in terms of the shape and the silhouette, especially that full leg showing on her right side, right, on that side of the gown. 
And the color is really beautiful too, really. I'm just not exactly sure that it reads Prom Queen, you know, as much as it says Quinceanera, maybe. Um, next, we have India. India comes out in this skin-tight black lace gown, very Morticia Adams of the Adams Family vibes. Um, once again, for me, this is kind of problematic because the outfit is, once again, really stunning, right? Like, make no bones about it. Um, all the queens are actually looking pretty good this time. But it doesn't really read as prom queen once again, right? In fact, it sort of misses the mark on the assignment even more than Alexis's outfit, I would say. And conceivably, I think a storyline may have been that the girl thought she would be prom queen, but her whole experience got totally ruined for her. In that case, I think the teary eye makeup would have been absolutely gorgeous and fit in with the concept wonderfully, just paired with a different outfit. Indeed, took the words right out of my mouth once again. Boot for me, although it is a very pretty gown. But here's more production tea and spoilers I heard. One of the runway themes that they didn't end up using was Redemption, where queens reimagine a significant but slightly negative moment that happened to them. So I have reason to believe that India's gown may be a reimagining of the outfit she was in during that infamous season 3 incident where Mimi I'm First picked her up during the lip sync, which led to the phrase, drag is not a contact sport. Next up is Blessing Claire. Shoot! It's a gender-bent outfit of a tuxedo with a long gown-style skirt. It's something I'd have wanted to wear. Blair seems to be really making her mark as a fashion queen, because once again, every last detail was on point, from the makeup to the dress itself, and I don't know why the judges were like, oh, it's not gender-bent enough, it's not scandalous like it have been 10 years ago, because this was simply perfection. Mm-hmm, yep. I absolutely love this look as well. I think it's a shoot for me too. Um, I love how Blair is playing so much with gender in this outfit, with it drawing from a very masculine tuxedo top, but blending into the very feminine trumpet skirt at the bottom of the outfit. And that colour palette is also very stunning, actually. That pure red with turquoise blue reminding me of Scarlet Envy's promo look from season 11. And I think, yeah... There's not that much to say about this except that it's very, very well done from the ideation and concept all the way down to the execution. Next to the stage, we have Jujubee out in a very 80s-feeling 80s flouncy purple dress with lots of tulle all around it and crimped, voluminous red hair, right? I think this is a soft hoot for me. There's nothing like wrong with it per se. It's quintessential Jujubee and very comfortable prom. Hmm, same. Toot, Jujubee delivers once again with that unique angle and perfect interpretation and execution. I think another reason the judges would have loved it is because maybe it calls back to their own youth? I don't know. Last but not least, we have Shea It's a very, very solid toot for me. This dress is another one I believe could have been a redemption runway, because it combines the idea of Carrie's prom from the classic Stephen King novel with the rose petals from when Sasha Velour delivered that iconic lip sync at the season 9 finale to So Emotional by Whitney Houston. 
Hearing Shay explain how crushed she was about losing in Season 9, and what the dress meant to her during judging, was also an emotional moment, which I think really helped to sell her concept and story to the judges, because we all know how devastating it would have been for Shay, who had Season 9's strongest track record and just lost just like that. Um, once again, I'm not sure how to feel about this outfit, right? I think I, I do think that Shay's outfit is really, really good, right? And although I don't personally know the carry from reference and had to go search it up, and I guess it makes a bit more sense with that knowledge, right? But I'm not exactly sure that the whole rose petals theme was relevant on top of all of that, you know? Like you said, maybe if it was a redemption runway or I guess even an introduction very first runway, it would be a wonderful throwback. But specifically for the dress, if we are talking about execution, I think I would have loved if the ribbon on her back went slightly higher, right? Just a bit. And it would have emphasized her silhouette with filling out her hips even more. Anyway, moving on to the deliberation, Rue reveals the top all-star of the week to be Shake Lay. And this week, the gag is that if you're not in the top, you're in the bottom, right? So what do you think? Wow, Rue is giving me a whole lot of Asian tiger parent with that statement. Wow. I think this is quite unfair, to be honest, because we know Juju and Alexis would have been extremely high this week if not for this twist while Cracker and India are clearly bottoms. Yeah, unfortunately for me here, while I really am a Cracker stan, right, I think the show here is just reeking of favoritism towards her, and it really saddens me because I want her to win, but I want to see her win being spectacular in her own way, and it just feels like Rue did not want to declare Cracker to be part of the bottom two with India here. Mm Mm-hmm. So we get back to the workroom, and there's a huge drama bomb dropped on all of the girls. So while India pleads her case to Shay, she reveals that Alexis allegedly started a campaign to vote Shay out two episodes ago when she was in the bottom. Alexis and Mayhem had voted for Shay, and after voting, had asked India if she voted for Shay too, making it seem like they were in cahoots to vote her out. Alexis is very clearly hurt by these allegations and raises a good point. If she wanted to campaign against Shay, she'd have asked everybody to vote Shay and not just Mayhem in India. Whether this whole drama is true, in which case I suspect they'd have shown the footage of it happening, or India lying and trying to save her own skin when she knows she's most likely to go home, my head hurts just thinking about it. Yeah, this is such a gigantic mess. I really don't know who to believe, right? Both Alexis and India seem, well, equally convincing. I guess if there's anything good that came out of this, it's Cracker thanking her goddamn lucky stars for India diverting the attention away from her onto Alexis, as well as Jujubee's wonderful political commentary on all the catty politics as usual. Now to the lip sync. The time has come to reveal today's lip sync assassin, and it turns out to be Miss Vanjie. Miss Vanjie. Miss Vanjie. 
<laughs> it's Miss Vanessa Vanji Mateo, iconic drag race, meme queen, and Miss Alexis Mateo's drag daughter, right? Now, Vanji is cute and all, but I'm really not sure that she is anything much of a lip sync assassin, per se. She definitely did survive through many lip syncs on season 11, but I'm not sure that she's that exquisite or practiced at a lip sync as compared to the other queens that we've categorized as assassins. Mm-hmm, agreed. Banji is really cute and sweet, but I think her lip syncs are on par with most girls, rather than majorly exceptional. I think they brought her back for that infectious positive personality and also the gag of Alexis potentially being sent home by her own drag daughter. But this week, Shay gave a more understated lip sync, using her stage presence to sell it more than tricks and stunts, while Vanji was turning it out majorly, but didn't quite fit the song. I definitely agree with that decision, right? That Shay won the lip sync. Unfortunately for Vanji, I think Madonna and Open Your Heart just suits Shay's sultry tone toward the lip sync more, not Vanjie's more Banji and Hood vibe, right? And also, unfortunately, Vanjie didn't bring that sort of jacked up wackiness and cookiness to the lip sync. Like what she did right before she left the stage, open your legs to me, which was so funny, by the way. In any case, moving to the elimination, right? She wins the lip sync and reveals her lipstick chosen to be India's. This was such a gag, really. I honestly thought that Shay was going to eliminate Alexis with all the drama going on. Mm-hmm. But at this point, India's bottomed four times in a row and there's no Rolaska talks to save her like there was for Roxy Andrews in All Stars 2 when she was in the same situation. India had a monologue before leaving the stage asking the girls to remember four H's when competing. Be humble, stay happy, listen to your heart, and be honest. And she told Shay in front of all the other girls that she wasn't lying. I think that was such a cryptic and pointed message that was so targeted at Alexis, you could like feel the tension in the air. It kind of felt like a little final suicide bomb she dropped on the girls right before leaving. And I'm sure the girls will be talking about this whole debacle on next week's episode. But in any case, that brings us to the end of episode 5. I must say that Alexis has continued to surprise me pleasantly and is constantly improving her showing. Although this week's whole kerfuffle has definitely ruffled some feathers which she's gonna have to deal with. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm worried for Alexis because she's been very strong, but she hasn't won anything. And neither has Blair, so I suspect... Maybe one of them has to go home next episode, just based on track record. But God knows if there'll be another bombshell to complicate decisions next week. Well, this brings us to the end of the episode. This has been Skinny Thoughts with Ray and Oz. Thank you for listening and join us next week for another episode of Skinny. Ha <laughs> ha.